Hello again, and welcome along. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money. Yep. To increase your sales. Yes. And to have fun. Oh no. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So it's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson, the Selling on eBay radio show, having fun and making money on eBay. Sherry is a full-time eBay seller based in Colorado. Most of her work comes in uh, via consignment, and she's very annoying. Anytime eBay's given away a free junket, she seems to be much more effective <laughs> at getting on the bandwagon than me. Well, who's the eBay darling now? Philip may live as a recluse surrounded by a herd of peacocks, but he can be found chatting it up with Griff and Brian on the eBay for Business podcast, and he divulges his secret strategies on using arbitrage to buy from less energetic sellers, putting his user manual skills to work, sprucing up items and selling them for top dollar. There you go. That's very well prepared. <laughs> Hope you've. Uh, that's a sets a high bar for the rest of the program. Anyway, uh, coming up in today's program, we'll be asking: Is eBay about to start to ramp up attendance by them at various in-person seller events around the country? In my next free eBay junket. Hear about that. And uh, well, I'm going to have a bit of a rant, but uh, I'm declaring war on UPS for their systematic falsification of tracking data to cover up their mistakes. We'll talk about that a bit later on. What's happening with eBay Open? Well, good question. I'm not sure we've got too many answers. And uh, a fresh one in today. I almost got scammed this morning. I'm pretty certain I headed off some trouble at the pass. I'll explain why I think I was dealing with a scammer and what I did about it. And lastly... Cutting back on promoted listing campaigns. Because we don't like the way they're charging for them. That's the Selling on eBay radio show. You can find out more about us with Philip and Sherry, and you can find our details at sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online if you have uh, something you want to say in response to today's program. A bit of a light week, I think, so far on uh, news. Um, One thing I did hear about, and this is from our uh, contacts in the Portland area, and that is that the eBay community team are busy up there most of this week. They're having a bunch of events for sellers in the Portland area, which is why me sitting in Orlando and know nothing about this until I hear it via the grapevine. And uh, there's various sort of meetings, some of which are selected uh, or restricted to top-rated sellers only, uh, and others which the general riffraff are enabled are entitled to come along and uh, eBay community will be there I think some other people will be there because they have an office in Portland so they can probably wheel out some other people uh, and I think this is um, really just trying to now ramp up after the pandemic the uh, re-establishment of uh, face-to-face meetings around the country between uh, eBay and various seller groups which I think is good it's a long overdue initiative and uh, we'll see how that works out. So hopefully that goes well this week, and uh, we'll be seeing them in a town near you sometime soon. We discussed, didn't we, Sherry, a while back, the uh, the self-service kiosks that uh, USB has, moving on to something else? Yes, um, and that eBay shows self-scan as accepted. I did another test, because we were talking about it, and I think I sounded like a complete fool. Um, so I did redo our little test of, of taking a package. Well, first of all, I discovered that 
This only works on domestic labels. If you have an international, like a first-class male international, which would be nice to get some initial tracking on, uh, it will scan it and it'll go, this this type of package is not valid for the self-scan. I don't know what the difference is. So I learned that the hard way. That was a wasted trip to the post office to do that. Um, and then I did try it later on with a proper USPS uh, first-class or uh, priority mail package. And uh, I think as we reported before, but this is, I think, a key difference when you look at the USPS website, you will see it says USPS waiting to scan package, but it'll say in brackets SSK, that's the self-service kiosk. So there is a mm. clue there that it has passed by a self-service kiosk, but they do their absolute best to give minimal acknowledgement that you've been there and done that, despite having invested a lot in this machine that supposedly is there for that purpose. Yes. But eBay, when they scrape that scan data from USPS via whatever API they have, shows it as accepted. <clears throat> wow. Now, I suspect, and I haven't had the courage to test this uh, with my particular you know, performance metrics, but I think I'm, I think I'm pretty confident that that would count as an on-time shipment scan. Ah, but I'm not going to break my hundred percent record just to prove try to prove that to you. But uh, it does say that, and I, 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 who knows? But anyway, so there's a difference of opinion, different difference in presentation anyway. Um, and certainly, if I was in a real jam, you know, the the plane was delayed, I missed the day's shipping or whatever, and I didn't want to get a whole bunch of dings from USPS, I would definitely pop it in the car, drive down there, and and get myself some scans, whether or not I leave the parcels in the drop bin thing or not. I, I would try and do that just to see if it got me off the hook. Maybe you can try that and let us know how you get on. If you're in a position where you've you know, missed the deadline, you're trying to salvage your seller performance metrics, zip down the post office, run some self-service scans and see if that is good enough to buy you an extra day. I wonder how I should, I should check and see um, when I do the bulk shipping, which I do now, and then I have the scan report and my mail carrier scans it the scan report i does that show is accepted by the post office um or should well, i check i that? think you need to do an experiment okay i'll do an experiment that's your homework for this week okay and Hopefully that's uh that's, that. that's about all the bba news i came up with this week it's been fairly quiet i did want to talk about uh, my friends at ups who have annoyed me so much that i'm declaring war and this is a problem that happens. It's a systematic problem. First of all, all the carriers allow you to tell them when you're going on vacation. And it makes good sense. There's no reason why you should load stuff on a truck, haul it up the drive, get to the doorbell, try and deliver it, not get a response, have to haul, walk back down the drive, put it back on the truck, unload the truck. It's stupid. So yeah. it is in their interests to, for us to tell them when we're not going to be there that no one's going to be around to sign. Don't even try Everybody else does this for free because it's in their interests. But UPS charges um, twenty dollars a year to for the grand privilege of being able to put your packages on hold. What is this program called, by the way? My choice, UPS. My oh, choice. That's right. And it used to be forty dollars, which really hurt. Now yeah. it's twenty. And if it worked okay, I probably would just be quiet. The problem I have is that, and maybe it's just my depot. Maybe I, I got a bunch of people that aren't paying attention. But the packages get marked for delivery the day after your vacation ends. Obviously, that's fine. What they do, though, is half the time 
they don't meet that deadline. They stick it on the shelf, and it'll sit there for several days after oh. I've come back. Now, to be honest, incoming stuff for me is not a high priority. I'm not in a hurry. As long as it gets here, I don't really mind. That's not my problem. The problem is that what they do is that probably half the time, once they've missed the date, they falsify the tracking and they say, uh, we tried to deliver, but no one was there. Oh. Or we couldn't get access. Or this building needs special security. Or this is a cash on delivery and the guy wasn't refused to pay. There's a bunch of reasons, reason codes they enter into their scanner. It will be marked as the depot I'm talking about, their location. And it's usually about 11, 11.30 at night. I guarantee you they're not outside my door 11.30 at night. That's the time of day that someone goes around the depot scooping up all the dead packages that should have been sent out during the day and figuring out what to do with them. It's the final uh, sweep before midnight and the shift change, the next guys come in or whatever it is. So they and, don't have one for, like, forgot it was on the shelf? No, no. Please give me a, a, met, a fail on my metrics. No, there isn't one. Well, there probably <laughs> is. If they, they don't scan it. Like, we screwed up. That's not the one they scan. Most of the time they say, refuse by recipient, return to sender. That's really bad because when i see that from a buyer uh, it really bothers me or it ticks you off as a seller certainly because you're going to yeah. now uh, you've got to refund them and typically with ebay you're going to have to refund them the full amount they paid because they didn't receive anything you're going to be charged two shipments yeah the return leg and the outbound uh you know it's a whole bunch of waste of time plus you're going to have a bunch of messaging to go backwards and forwards while you try and figure out what the hell is going on so this is basically just lying. And I'm pretty sure that this is because of what I'm talking about, the, 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 the falsification of their internal statistics. I can see no other logical reason why they would do that. It's yeah. when they're about to fail. It's, it's half an hour to midnight. The, the stats are about to, fi to file to the server. Okay, what are we going to do? Rather than admit it's a cock-up, we'll, we'll make up a false scan and send it back. So it's basically obviously lying to, to manipulate the stats, but it's, it's, it's basically it's a money fraud because now the seller's going to have to pay for three shipments, the, the outbound, the return, and the next one to get it back to me. Are they sending it back to the buyer? Yes, to the, the seller? seller. Yeah, it's a return They're to sender. They're sending it back? Yes, they'll send it back. That's infuriating. Yes. So I the, knew it, they marked it, but I thought they were going to just try again the next day. No, it'll go back. It'll go out that night. That's and if you ring them up and say, can you intercept it and deliver it? They won't do it. No, it's gone. You have to go back to the buyer. They get to resend it. Wow. So it's not just manipulating the um, the statistics, which I don't frankly care if it gets a day or two late. I'm not that bothered. I'm not going to ring up anybody and complain about that. But sending it all the way back and charging for three legs when really one was appropriate is a blatant fraud. Anyway, so and, I, and this has been going on forever, I mean, years. It's just got to the point where it's pretty systematic at this point. Probably 50% of the stuff that arrives when I'm on travel, it gets end up being sent back with some bogus excuse. And it's just get to the point now where I'm, I'm just not going to put up with it. Do so, those same sellers offer FedEx ground as an alternative, or do most of them just have the well, one? Well, like you and me, I mean, generally UPSs for residential delivery is, is the way to yeah, go. I mean, I've been doing that. and everybody has their hate, hate list of carriers. I mean, there's as many people that say FedEx is awful that say that UPS is awful. It just, you know. I know. And, you know, if, if a buyer says, by the way, I'm about to place an order with you, and could you not send it UPS and send it this other way because it's going to get returned to you, you're going to cancel the order and block them, right? I mean, I would. Yeah. 
I know what you're saying, yeah. So it's not something that you really want to end up just... I mean, this is my business. This is not me just, you know, household supplies. This is money. Each one of these boxes is three to $500 profit. So, you know, I'm not going to jeopardize that financial yes. to, to just have a discussion, which may not even come to pass. And I don't know when they're going to send it, when it's going to get here, and if it's in that window. It's difficult to break these things anyway. So my strategy with these sort of situations is to find someone in authority who I think will actually pay attention to this. And you can write to CEOs. It's very easy to find the email address of the CEOs. And I have, a, and I know because I used to work in a huge corporation with a very large public profile, and a fax machine would buzz all day with these, you know, CEOs' office complaints coming through. And, you know, we, we respond to them politely, et cetera. But it didn't really change anything because really it's just a game of keeping the numbers down. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, as, lo- as long as you reply promptly and send them a copy, they usually leave you alone, in my experience. Whereas if you write to someone like two levels down, so a senior vice president's operation southeast area or something like that, this guy, if he exists and you can track him down, does not get a ton of emails every day from people telling him that someone's on the fiddle in his organization. And my theory is that if I can track down someone in that position, I'm going to get far more traction than if I write just to CEO, UPS, New York City, whatever. So that's where I'm at. I've tracked down a gentleman that I think is in the right position. I've emailed him as of this morning, uh, and I'm waiting to see what happens. And I will keep you updated as to how my war against UPS goes. I mean, for all I know, he could be on the take as well, and he could be just as corrupt as everybody else. But at least I've got this. And then if he doesn't respond, uh, and I think if I have the right email address, he doesn't respond, well, then I can go up a level and throw him under the bus. But I think think he will respond because these guys – know that this stuff is not going to go away. And I could always threaten to go. Every TV station has got desperately trying to find news items that they could put in their stupid news every night because they don't really have anything to talk about. Uh, So, you know, I'm sure I could find some consumer journalist that would take this on if I really want to give them a hard time. I just want the problem solved. Yeah. Anyway. So that's my uh, excitement regarding uh, UPS. Let's let's, let's take the tone a little bit more uh, nicer and uh, more... uh, I don't know, more entertaining, perhaps. Uh, you've got yourself a free trip. I do. Again. So I was invited. Can we talk about time. this one? Because the last one we were we were told that we should not talk about, although I've mentioned it several times since. I'll tell you I feel why. the statute of limitations might have expired on the first one. We, we, yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't, so. I won't go over it too much. But. And I Top think secret. that here's the reason I think I can say this. Yeah. Because uh, so eBay's S-BAN, that's their government relations team. Um, invited me on a trip. And the reason I think I can talk about it is then they asked us if we know of anyone in an eBay seller in North Carolina, particularly in NCO2. That must be a certain district. Zero two zip code, maybe? Is that, I don't know. Maybe. Or is that that a congressional area or something? Voting area, probably. Yeah, it's vote. It's related to who their congressperson is. Okay. And with uh, so they're looking for an eBay seller with a shop safe slash brand overreach story. Because they Just for say, the uh, stupid people like me, what is what is was that? Well, shop, shop safe? safe. What is that? Is from a stupid person like <laughs> me, um the legislation that is lending itself to big brands being able to block individuals like us 
from selling their brand. Uh, okay. um, and overreach means they're using the legislation that isn't really meant to keep small sellers out, uh, but to keep us out um, by saying we're violating their trademark laws of their Vero rights. Okay. All right. That's where I thought we were going. Okay. Good. Yeah. So um, eBay is okay. So because they said that uh, they're asking us to find somebody. So by the way, if that's you, let us know. Maybe there's a free trip to DC in it for you and it's soon. So definitely get a hold of us. And they want NCO2. Who knows what number they're in i didn't know if you i would be fl something or other i have no idea what though <laughs> oh i get it yeah that's right yeah i think you just just probably google it but it definitely has to do with voting uh districts i assume that if they select you you'll have a very full briefing and and rehearsal of the q and a's of what's going to come up and the points you might wish to say yeah and what they're so they're i'm going because I happen to be in a district uh -huh. that they're looking for. Yeah. See, dumb luck strikes again. All right. Uh, so um, I'm going in May, and they aren't too concerned about me knowing the all the points about the legislation, thankfully. Otherwise, they might have picked somebody else. But uh, just telling my story and what selling on ebay is meant to me which has meant everything to me mm -hmm. i won't i won't start now don't don't worry <laughs> i won't take you down that road but i'm sharing that just to show and we're meeting with new congress members so uh because they can write the legislation in a way that won't hurt us um but or they can write it in a way that you know, could stop us from. And it makes being sense to, to influence people items. at the thinking stage rather than have to scramble once they encode something into law that is bad. Right. Then and try and get it reversed. They wrote a bad one. And that's that's the nature of the game. It's sort of soft influence, isn't it? Yeah. It'd be very interesting to go. I mean, I don't know much about politics. I don't think I'd be the best advocate, but I would find the thing fascinating to go to. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun as well. Going. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll have a side bet with you that uh, there's a fair amount of eating and drinking of the high-end variety involved in such an escapade. I'm counting on it. So and, you'll uh, be having I'll to do your it. workout sessions for double double lengths for the week after you get back, I think. Oh, I'm already planning <laughs> on doing my workout sessions there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, well, we'll, get, we want to we'll take routine. we'll give you a tape machine or something, and you can give us a little debrief on uh, how it's going, and do a little diary again for us. Because that was good last time we had you do that. Oh, good. I'll do that. All right. Did I tell you that I'm that I'm teaching pure bar on the side? Um, I don't I know if that? we've uh, all heard that. I, I think I got the, the hint on that. But uh, so yes, I think I remarked that because you once you <laughs> once you started doing a keep fit, you went off sick for about two weeks. <laughs> I know that's why you tease me that for someone in, yes. in who works out all the time is sick all the time. But that's because I ha we hang around kids. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I'm going to okay. be working out while I'm there. So too. you're on the you're on eBay's behalf. You're asking for NCO two. Uh, yes. folks in particular, to uh, join you on a free junket. I mean, an important uh, influential trip <laughs> to D.C. in May. That's uh, right. To uh, look Business. after all our interests and uh, take care of all of us with our, our fine uh, government officials. 
Yes. This Very good. This reminds can... me. I just have to say, and I won't say enough detail, but on one opportunity I had where I got selected to do something with eBay, the other person who didn't, it's like, why did they pick you? And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but they did. So... I'm glad. All right. Well, you hopefully have, you'll be in good company, I hope. And uh, yeah. I guess if you want to uh, get all the details of that, maybe just check it out before you uh, put your name forward. Uh, you can reach Sherry. We've got that website. Again, that's uh, sell, 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 dot online. I know it sounds strange, but that is the address, sell, 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 dot online. And uh, you can get all our email and stuff and uh, maybe uh, see if she thinks, uh, give her a bit of the inside scoop, and then you can decide if you want to volunteer for that. All right. We'll be talking about how to dodge a scammer. Right after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Yeah. Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online. That's www.sellsellsell.online. Thank you for being part of the show. So the uh, same website address, surprisingly enough. All right, then. Uh, here's something that happened to me this morning. So this is hot off the press. And I don't get a lot of what I think is attention from the uh, the scammer types. Uh, I think what I deal with is typically fairly niche and narrow, and it's not the sort of thing that's very liquid. And therefore, something that if you did scam me out of something, you'd be have a hell of a job trying to sell it because I struggle and I know what I'm doing. So anyway, I, I generally don't get wrapped up in this too much, but I'm pretty sure that as of this morning, I was uh, a victim of a potential scam. So here's what happened. Order came in at, what, two in the morning, Eastern time uh, from the West Coast. So it's not necessarily a totally weird time of day, I suppose, 11, 11 p.m. in the, uh, the buyer's area. Um, 750 bucks or so, which is, for me, pretty normal. That's not in itself a red flag, although it's certainly worth paying attention at that level because, uh, you know, 750 is the same to me as anybody else. Um, what did attract my attention was the address. The delivery address is what I thought to be one of those sort of fake STE numbers. It was like 456789 or something, like a five-digit STE. And I typically don't think the USPS allocates formal STEs more than certainly three, possibly four digits. I think three is quite common. So that struck me as odd. And usually, anytime I see a bogus STE, I'm thinking it's one of those mom-and-pop mail mailbox stores. Or... Oh, a sweet number? Yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking, yeah. like, what is STE? Uh, okay, okay, go yeah. ahead. Um, a sweet number. And so... You know, a lot of people use the these fake STE numbers to really signal private mailboxes or other things. And I like to know if I'm getting into that situation because it just seems to me there's more chance of something going adrift. Uh, I like to look up the mailbox company. If it has like a lot of one-star reviews, I'll probably demand signature, whereas I might not otherwise. So stuff like that. Just I like to know what I'm getting into. So I run the address uh, through Google to see what's going on. And it turns out <clears throat> that this is the street address is a post office. So really, what I think is it's the five-digit number corresponds to a post office box, although that's not what the the seller is uh, describing. So that begins to start to throw all sorts of uh, wrenches in the works because they want it delivered by FedEx. Um, 
and that's going to cause potential problems, FedEx or UPS, to a post office box. I know FedEx kind of does it because they do have a lot of relationships with post offices because FedEx was using USPS for last mile on smart post in some areas. And it's sort of, it starts to move into a gray area where there's lots of possibility for things going wrong, stuff being returned to me and me being out a bunch of money for shipping. So at that point, I shoot a note to the buyer and saying, hey, I, I try to reconcile the fact that this is a post office box and you've asked me to send it FedEx. What is your plan? Are you expecting to maybe ask them to deliver it to local FedEx office and not take it to the post office? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, I just want to get some sets. I mean, I'm going to send it out anyway at this point because I'm not going to delay it long enough. It's going to miss the shipping metric. But I've got a few hours. So uh, I asked that question. I then go back to the Google search screen, and I just noticed something else kind of lower down the page that does have my interest. And I see that there's a direct hit on Google on the, the name, the uh, street address, and that fake STE number. And I look at that, and it's one of those sites, you know, where people report scammers. I forget oh. bogusbuyers.com or something like that. I forget which oh. one it was. And there's someone who's very kindly reported a previous scam by someone with the same name, that same P.O. box number, the same street address, the same, pretty much same everything apart from the user ID, saying that they had bought an iPhone 14, you know, new, and made a return, and they got some beaten up old Nokia back in the post. Uh-huh. So I thought, okay. <laughs> uh and that was the same address? Same, exact same details, oh. different user ID. Oh. And I looked at the user ID from the buyer on eBay, and they've had the account for like four days, zero feedback until the one that I just posted. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of setting off a ton of red flags at this point. So I basically write back. I don't say to the guy, you know, look, you're, you're busted, just in case, you know, who knows? I mean... The report might be wrong, whatever. I just said, look, I think in the circumstances, the the whole PO box and thing is is too complicated for me to handle with with the FedEx UPS deal. Um, you know, I'm going to cancel the transaction by virtue of the fact that there's a problem with the address. It doesn't jive with the, the shipping system that you selected. Uh, come back to me if you think you want to proceed or something. Or now, what I said was, if if you're I, what I prefer to do in the circumstances is send it to somewhere that has a legitimate street address where the the, the delivery driver can collect a positive ID from a driving license or something, and then everything looks good. Let me know if you want to proceed on that basis. And, of course, it's gone quiet. Um, <clears throat> so so when you cancel, do you say address? Yeah, problem, problem with, problem with address. buyer's address, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I suspect that this – I mean, and also the other the other giveaways are the kind of – it's one of those sort of rather sort of made-up user IDs. I mean, most people – the idea with a professional. I mean, they've got the they've got the savvy to make up an, a, a user ID that has some something more than just a bunch of random characters. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's you know it's, it's the first transaction that's been made on this account, as far as I know. Uh, it's a big order. I mean, seven fifty is fairly big by most standards, and it just it just seems it seems strange. Plus the history from someone else, which I take at face value. So I think that probably I save myself losing out on, you know, I get the scam, this scam would be he would take delivery, file a not as described report, get a return label, I get a brick back in a box, he gets yeah. a $700 device that he has to then try and sell. 
good luck to him on that. Um, and I, w- <laughs> I would then refund 50%, of course, because it's a paid return. Um, so I'm out 370 something dollars, including shipping or something like that. Wait a minute. Um, you wait, you get back a brick. How are you refunding 50%? Because eBay would probably say, we don't know if you got a brick back or not. We can't. We can't decide one oh, or the right. other. Your only that course of action, unless unless somehow you appealed it and you could make a case that this was a known scammer, and you could point to this thing. But they're not going to take anything that's posted on a website page as in any way evidence to use against a buyer. I don't think yeah. I tried this before, uh, and they, they say unless it's on an internal eBay system, which of course you and I don't get to see, uh, we don't regard that as being proof of anything. Right, and because I had this thing in the past back. where a whole bunch of people were placing bogus orders just to mess around with me, and it was obvious if you looked at their Facebook pages, they all lived and worked together. <laughs> but the oh eBay wouldn't gosh. accept that as a conspiracy because it didn't it didn't marry up on their internal systems as a, uh, uh, that these guys were all in collusion, even though their LinkedIn's and and Facebooks they all work for the same organization. Anyway, so yes, uh, so I would have been out half half the value of the item, I think, and a lot of a lot of heart you know heartburn in the process. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario when you get back a different item. So there we go. So that's that's that. I, I don't know what really you, we can absorb from that. I, I think it's a case of, you know, I think over time you just get a sense of when something's off. Yeah. And it's hard to say exactly. You know, for me, that, that five-digit STE was the thing that started me thinking. And then the rest was just lucky that I was paying attention and, and saw this particular report because I probably would if you hadn't replied to me I probably would have sent it yeah um, but I do think that you know as you do more of this and if you're new to this it's it's kind of hard to explain to you exactly you know what triggers these thought processes but you just know the kind of people that buy at you store the way they do things and and suddenly something just seems off and odd and that's when you start looking at it. and Google is your friend in this situation Google the address, Google the name, Google an email address if you have one, whatever they've given you, and see yeah. if you can see what's going on. And particularly, you know, the street view is also good because you can often get a lot of information about what kind of environment that you're you're delivering something to. You know, is it a little, is it, you know, a small convenience store in the dodgy part of town that, by the way, has a little counter at the back that does a bit of mailing and stuff? You know, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. If they're buying big corporate high-end equipment yeah that would trigger that's something a, that's a really good a point to look at the street view like a, of the address well another time i'll tell you the guy that was uh, running a legal operation that tried to scam me out of a, another 700 order but we won't get they into like that now the 700 it's items. a good number and, and surprisingly he had um pushed the value over 750 because uh the tax took it over that so it would have been a probably, in theory, most sellers would have asked for a signature required, which might have exposed him a bit. I would have, if I was running a scam, I'd have snuck it under the 750 in the hope that the signature would not be required. But there you go. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, that's my excitement of this morning. And uh, let's move on to something completely different here. And you were going to talk to us, I think, Sherry, about because the promoted listings, they changed the way that we're being charged, Right. And you've right. now tweaked your policy with a view to trying to keep some more money in your piggy bank uh, than would otherwise be the case. That's right. So at the seller, what was it, the spring update? Yeah. They announced that they'll be charging your promoted listing fee 
if someone has entered your store within the last 30 days from a promoted listing. Mm -hmm. So right after they announced it, I ended my promoted listing campaign then kind of had crickets for a couple <laughs> days. And then I started a new one. Now I think that I had, I I've been using the campaign where eBay sets the rate based on the average rate for the day for every mm -hmm. different category. And then I just have it mine be 0.1% above that. Um, before they announced this, I had it at 0.2% above it. And I had it not to exceed, and I think I had it at 10%, but I Ouch. can't, I know, <laughs> I can't find the old one. It's just gone, mm -hmm. but I know. So anyway, we're going to assume 10%, and that was for January. Now from March to April, for the last 31 days, I've had it my cap at 8%. Okay. And I've switched it from make it, 0.2% higher to 0.1% higher. I'm at 0.1% higher. And do you, have you noticed in any of this stuff whether or not the market rate has trended down as people dial back ah. their, their, the, the market activity or has that not started to happen yet? Well, I don't know how to tell that, but I think that my numbers might suggest that. Mm. Because when I... Yeah, anyway, you can tell me what the numbers mean because I have the numbers, but I don't have the brain power for this. So in January, my actual average ad fee was 8.71%. Hmm. Okay. I said, did I say January? Yeah, January. And for the last 31 days, so March, my average has been 7.81%. So almost a full percent lower on mm. average. Um, the other thing that's happened is in January, I sold 203 items. In March, I sold 134 items. And in January, my average selling price per item was $85. And in March, it's $140. Okay. I think I, I, think I know what's happened. I think this experiment would be much more um, effective if I didn't sell a variety of things. Right. I think what's throwing off this entire experiment is that in March, I sold two big pieces of yes. commercial equipment for four and $5,000. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've done differently, though, in March is that anything over... I think I changed it to $200. Anything over $200 I'm not is having in promoted listings. Right. So right. I sold those more expensive well, things. Welcome to the uh, Lumpy Sales Club. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry, but this is just not very illuminating. But I, let me give you my other stat because I have it. Well, one of the questions would be maybe something to research is, is the percentage of items that attract the, the promoted listings fee gone up or has your action of taking things out of promoted listings kept that under control? Because basically the number's broadly the same, 7 8%-ish. But if suddenly now 80% of the stuff is getting charged as opposed to 40% of the stuff, that's a big increase. Oh, I have that. I have a number here. So January, 
57.7% of my items sold through promoted listings. Okay. March, 40%. Oh, okay. 40.7%. Now, if they're talking about items and not dollar amount, that's illuminating. But we haven't... When did they do the, the halo charging? It's fairly recent, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably mid-March. Huh? So I don't think we've got the full effect of that rippling through yet. So I think it's one okay. to watch. Well, if you find it at all interesting, I could always do it in a, a month later. All right, well, we'll quiz you in a couple of weeks. I think that'll give us a bit more of a, a data set to work with. Okay. I think as a matter of principle, it's good, it's good to cut back. Because at the end of the day... Yeah. You know, it's it's just the old-fashioned economic elasticity of demand thing. If if sellers just keep paying the money, regardless of how much eBay increases the fees, then they're going to keep increasing the fees. It's only by people not going to outbid each other, right? You know, not doing it and refusing Driving to play the, the game and taking their business elsewhere or not playing the the promoter listing fees will get them to to realize that there's some sort of you know back pressure on this thing, and you hit a threshold and people walk away. And, yeah. and I don't think as sellers, we're very good at walking away. We just moan about it, go to a meetup, have a couple of drinks, complain all night long and go home and go back to doing what we were doing the night, day before. Well, I held out for at least two days. Mm, yeah, well done. <laughs> I found another piece of information interesting, although I think I lost it. But they also show you what percent of your sales were in top categories. Okay. And what percent were in less high demand categories? And one thing I have had recently is some hot gadget items. Mm -hmm. And they're selling like within a day or two. Yeah. And I haven't had to have them in the promoted listing. Well, for one thing, they're more than $200. So I automatically don't have them in there and they're selling just great. Mm -hmm. So it's just food for thought about selling some things that aren't in highly competitive categories. Okay. That's, that's a very Ham Harry Temkin uh, view of the world. I'm sure it'll be oh, probably ignored you. by eBay as they gradually try and uh, airbrush out everything that he did <laughs> over the next few months. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, yes, we'll keep, we'll keep tracking that because I, I think it's interesting to see if there is an alternative strategy that says let's be more selective about promoted listings rather than spread large amounts of money across everything. And just, you know, keep feeding the eBay dollar machine with it was, bills. It was getting a little obscene, right. the, the total fees, yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, just looking at the things uh, coming up in the, uh, the, the the days and weeks ahead, uh, I haven't heard anything about eBay Open. I take it you haven't either? No. I want to know. Am I going to mm. get to play blackjack or not? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're into April now, and it's gone very quiet. I did speak to someone during the week on an unrelated point, but I would have thought they would know something, and we were having a reasonably good conversation. I think they might have dropped me a hint or two if they, you know, had if, if oh. information was internally available. At least that would be the clue I was looking for. <laughs> they seemed completely to me blankly when I asked about it. So either they're not in that particular loop, or the jury is out as to what they're going to do. I would say. Just, and this is a personal opinion, that uh, 2,000 people going to Las Vegas in July is not going to happen just by virtue of timing. Um, so that means, what, a fall event, which means probably not live in the same sense, which probably means lots of virtue. I don't know. Hmm. If you know more and you want to tell us and we'll keep you 
you know, confidential. If for some reason you are not allowed to say publicly, you're very welcome to get in touch. 833-EBAY-723 for calls or text. We'll uh, definitely uh, disguise your voice if you want to do that. Uh, also, just as a Deep reminder, throat. whatever, <laughs> I'm not going to pick that one up. Um, and uh, uh, eBay's podcast, if you want to hear about our little plug on the Griffcast, uh, that is still available on their website. The uh, That's ebay.com slash podcast. Uh, we give this show a brief mention, me rattling on about how to sell high value items and all that sort of nonsense. Uh, maybe that's of interest too. Also, if I you personally are, found it very interesting. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> Was I was I was very, very well, well prepared. Spoken. I had pages and pages of stuff to go through. We got through about a quarter of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and also, if you're in the Orlando area, are going to be in the Orlando area, 25th of April, that is a Tuesday night. Uh, we're having our little get-together, a few drinks at Firebirds. That's in Winter Park. You're very welcome to come down. Uh, bring your problems and uh, maybe provide some solutions to people with their problems uh, as we sit around the table and try and solve the world over a drink or two in an evening. That's uh, 25th of April, Firebirds, Orlando. Uh, so this is Philip Jackson saying thanks ever so much indeed for joining us as always for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Check us out at the website. That's sell, sell, sell.online. Thank you so much for being here and putting up with us. <laughs> Oh, hang on. And this is fake announcer guy saying, see you next time. Don't Always forget likes to, about him. Always likes the last word. <laughs> <laughs>